0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of This is How I find my Peace. This is the fourth episode in the color series. I'm joined today with my friend Bria Hogan. She's one of the most positive people that I know and she just radiates. Um, and I think she is exactly what we all need right now. Um, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Bria. Um, Now, Bria, we've worked together, and you've got some incredible qualifications, and I don't want to mess them up. So can you introduce yourself?
1: (laughs) Sure. So hey, everyone. Uh, My name is Bria. She hers. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and right now I'm at UCLA working on my PhD in material science and engineering, and I also work at NASA.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. I was thinking about this, um, and I literally like off topic but I like I have to do a women in STEM episode like that'd be so
1: good that would be awesome literally
0: um anyway Bria you were like the first fan of the podcast thank you so much for your support I think I like I think you were like the first (laughs) person I told because we carpooled and I just randomly was like yeah I have a podcast
1: (laughs) yes thank you for telling me I love podcasts and I love representation so it's just perfect
0: oh my gosh thank you well then you know the drill so tell me about your brownness what's your heritage
1: Sure. So my mother's side of the family is more African-American and darker in complexion. Mm -hmm. And my dad's side of the family is um, Mestizo, which is Mexican Native American. So Mm. um, sometimes we get to, you know, go to powwows and like it's a really great time.
0: Wow, that is so cool. I did not know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because they're very like exclusive on Mm -hmm. reservations so you really have to like know somebody or be like really well acquainted with somebody
0: wow that's amazing can can you tell us a little more about that what's that
1: like it's um a pretty interesting experience Mm -hmm. Um, it was really interesting because I wasn't as well connected with my dad's side of the family so um like I say I have aunts and uncles but they're not actually blood relatives they're just people who've connected with my dad for a very long time and um Mm -hmm. it's just been a really interesting experience um getting connected with that side of the family Mm -hmm. and um they're just really really cool people uh Mm -hmm. I remember thinking when I was younger that my dad thought that taking photos actually like stole some of your soul or something like that. You know how that's like traditional Native American thinking. I've
0: heard of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so that was just something I had to get out of my mind because that was something that I thought of when I was very young.
0: Wow. So um, is it, is it something that you've like always accepted? Is it something that you you've just started um, getting more into as you've gotten older? is, Is it very normal for you to be a part of?
1: I think it's more something that I've, gotten accustomed to as I've gotten older. I think when I was younger, I didn't really um, appreciate the side of the family more or I just didn't really, um, I mostly just went with the flow, you know, with families and things like that. But as you get older and, you know, become more mature, I just really appreciate more of the time that I spend with family. So I really just try to um, spend as much time with them as possible, even if it's not, you know, physically now, it's still Mm -hmm. trying to stay in contact with everybody.
0: Yeah, no, no, I totally, totally feel that. I feel like um, you learn how important your culture is to your identity as you get older. Um, and recently I've like just found myself like reading about like Puerto Rican history and like um, learning more recipes and things like it's just something I didn't know Ooh. was so important when I was younger. Um, and I think also when you're like out on your own in the world, it just gives you like a. it's, it's really comforting, you know.
1: Absolutely. Yes, mm-hmm. my mother has boxes full of recipes, <laughs> which have just been passed down from generations. So it's, it's really important to really just hold on to that part of your heritage because food is such such a comfort thing and it's such a cultural importance, too. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, so when we had this conversation um, about what we wanted to talk about here, you said that COVID has given us time to reassess what's important to us, which I totally agree with. This podcast mm-hmm. was like born out of quarantine and out of like having the time to look inward and think about what's important to me and what I want to accomplish. So mm-hmm. after reassessing yourself in quarantine in this time, what have you found yourself being pulled towards?
1: Well, it's really interesting because if I had to describe this summer, it was really about rediscovering a lot of things that I was passionate about in the past, but I really just mm-hmm. kind of let go and let like slipped to the wayside because I was focused on my research or just other things that had really just taken over my life. And there was a moment where I was just feeling really down on myself. And I think a part of that was because I had just forgotten about the things that were just so important to me before. And so the summer really gave me a chance to step back and reevaluate everything and, um, I remembered that when I was in middle school, my friends and I, we had our own mini book club. So we would write stories for each other and we would pass them around and see what we all thought. And storytelling was just such a huge part of my life that I really let go. And um, there's an app, it's called Episodes. And I'd always been obsessed with uh, Choose Your Own Stories. And that app is a way for me to really illustrate my stories through that realm Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting because you can code and it's actually like a visual app so you can code your characters what they're wearing where they're standing the background there's so many different variables that you can play around with to Mm -hmm. help you illustrate your story so I have a couple of different stories on there and they have around a thousand views each but I just haven't Made any new content for them in years, and so mm. this summer, I really just started to rediscover that and to really start to contribute to that because I was receiving some fan mail that was basically asking where I'd gone, and <laughs> that's
0: incredible <laughs> <laughs> said, where are you from <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're like, your stories are great. Keep writing. Where did you go and I <laughs> that really just struck me because storytelling again was just a, such a huge part of my life, and that's, so that's something I'm really just starting to get back into.
0: wow, shout out to that person. they're great <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: wow um i I love what you're saying too um because i like I recently graduated from school um, and, yeah thanks <laughs> I graduated and I was like. Like, I'm just, like, I just moved to a new place and so I'm kind of by myself. Um, and I'm like, all right, well, what are my hobbies? Like, I've got no idea. Like, I've just spent the last four years giving everything to this degree. Right. I, I don't know who I am outside of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've just been, like, like just as you said, like, redisco- rediscovering stuff that, that used to make me really happy. Um, I was like in performing arts my whole life that went like down the drain. Once I got into engineering, mm-hmm. um, I always loved reading. I loved sci-fi. I was uh, just so curious about reading like scientific material on things. I just, just this uncurable curiosity. Yeah. Um, and When I was in school, it was just consumed by school. Like by the time I was done with my days, it, like the last thing I wanted to do was read anything. Like I just wanted to zone out on social media. Right. Like, I couldn't use anymore. My brain. Um, But so I I totally understand that. And, and I agree, like this summer for me as well has definitely been just like, rediscovering like childhood books I liked, like just kind of, um, my therapist always says, to think about the phrase, who am I, Mm -hmm. and just and just return to to it, like throughout the week, and write some words, um, and and make a, a vision board and really put time into Um, what you like, what you don't like. Um, And and it's so important to your identity to just know who you are and and what you like and find out what you enjoy. Um, Absolutely. But but it's really important. Um, I do have a question. So this episodes app, when you said when you you coded for it, was this like a language, a coding language? Yes,
1: it was something that they had made up specifically for the app. I think it's called Donna Coding. It's really Uh very similar to Python. So it's really easy to pick up. There's a lot of videos online that can help people with coding. But I'm very much a newcomer to coding, and I found that it was very easy to use. So really anybody can use that app.
0: That's so interesting. I love that. Um, so so you also told me that you listened to the first episode of Color that I did with my friend Lola. Yes. And you said related to this one thing I said. You said that you related to having loved ones who didn't look like you. Yeah. And that was such a powerful moment for me specifically because – I started this because I just wanted other people to feel heard and, and seen. And I just hope that it would relate with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank you so much for just telling me um, that that you felt like it was something that you've been through as well, that you were like, I hear that. Yes. Um, but so can you elaborate more on this experience? Of course.
1: So I think it's always so interesting because when my family gets together, we all have so many different complexions and we all Mm -hmm. vary from so many different generations. A lot of the kids, Mm -hmm. we get together and we're like, so how are we related exactly? (laughs) Because (laughs) we're all just so varied in our Mm. backgrounds, but really we're only like two generations apart. But there's just such an ethnic blend that we have in our family that sometimes we can, can forget our history and our past and a lot of the times, I turn to my mother, and she's written out this whole diagram of how our family works and how many different branches there are. And I really just need to write that down and save it somewhere so that I can really, you know, keep track as my family continues to grow of of where we came from and the past generations and their stories.
0: Hmm. I love that. Um. I think. Um. I've talked about this in, in previous podcasts, but I'll just summarize, like, I'm Puerto Rican on both sides. Mm-hmm. My mom's side has a lot more European in them, so they're much lighter in skin tone than um, my dad's side, who doesn't have as much European in them. We think there's no, like, ancestry DNA thing that we've done, but we've just assumed. Um and so I'm a mix between the two. I look a lot more like my dad's side and I grew up mainly with my mom's side. So when we would have family like events, Christmas parties, whatever it was, I was like the darkest kid in the room. Mm-hmm. So like, I never looked like my cousins or anything. Like if we were in the park or something, um, you know, my, my cousins um, were, they were like assumed to be in the same family. And I was like, Oh, is this your friend? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is also my cousin. Like, right. Um, so as a kid that, That really had an impression on me. You know, I didn't feel like I fit in. Did you feel that at all coming from that? Or do you feel it now as an adult?
1: It was interesting because I never really felt that inside of my family. But when other people would look at my family, they would say these really hurtful things. Like, my father is a lighter complexion than I am. And when I was younger, my kids, other kids in the class would ask if I was adopted. And it Mm -hmm. seemed so hurtful because... I was so close to my dad and I was even questioning that. I I would ask him like, am I, you know, not really a part of this family? Did you guys actually adopt me? And my parents really had to sit me down and have this conversation about why there's so many different complexions and ethnicities within the family. And that was just so astounding to me that- That's,
0: yeah, that's incredible. I wonder how common that is because when I was little, I did that same mm -hmm. thing. I thought that I was adopted. Because I was mainly with my mom's family, and I just didn't look like it.
1: Yeah. I don't know. And
0: Yeah. And a lot of that, um, you're right, comes from, like, um, outward things. Like, you're fine in your own little room with the people that love you, and then you go outside, and you hear these things, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they get into your head.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And at the time, my – it was really interesting because when I was younger, um, we lived in – a poorer neighborhood, but it was more ethnically like, diverse. And then my parents mm-hmm. um, changed positions and then we moved to more of like a suburban area and it became much mm-hmm. less diverse. And we would see just that there was so much more segregation and it was just really hard to fit in. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, Um. I I really love this conversation mm-hmm. because I didn't know how important representation was until really recently. Um, And I think we've talked about this before as well, but often like I would walk into a room in a professional or an academic environment and not see anyone that looked like me. And I would automatically think that like, I didn't belong there. Mm -hmm. Um, But my, I I would always express this to my friend Lola when we were in college and she would always say that's pioneering work when no one else looks like you, you're doing pioneering work. And I never like understood what she was saying until really recently um, and i i realized that like, if I walk into a room and no one else looks like me, that it's, that's not telling me that I shouldn't be there. I should be there. Absolutely. Right. That room needs me. They need my opinion. They need my voice. Um, but that's something that you have to learn. Mm-hmm. Like that's not shown in the world that we live in, that we, uh, work in, that we study in, right. you know, it's, it's, it's not always a welcoming environment. Um, and that's very much something that you have to learn on your own. Um, and then there's also like like with your family. Hopefully, you know if they don't look like you, you know that there's still love there. That they're like accept you. Yeah. Um, in professional and academic environments, you don't always know that. So you walk into a room and you're like, "Will I be accepted here?" Um, mm-hmm. So so, what are your experiences um, of not feeling represented in professional environments? Well,
1: I can definitely speak for when I first came to UCLA in engineering school. A lot mm-hmm. of the students here are international students, primarily Chinese students, and there were mm-hmm. very, just very little representation for Black students in general, so this year, we actually formed a task force by ourselves of literally all the Black students within all the engineering schools, and we all fit on one Zoom call, I think there were about 30 of us, 30 of across 30? all the engineering schools, the Black students, it's like 30 or 40, it's, it's abysmal, it's, Terrible, and wow. so we all got together with the the dean of all the engineering schools, as well as the deans from each department, and we really just we showed them the data and we showed them the research to say that there's no representation for for graduate students, PhD, and master students within the engineering departments, and the faculty is not representative of the black departments or even like the black you know population that really should be here, so. Uh, a lot of the feedback that we were getting was that we need to, you know, build a pipeline or, you know, but we're saying that we're here, you know, there are students that are Mm -hmm. interested in engineering and in STEM and we're just not getting the representation that we deserve. So we really just had, you know, that sit down and they're making changes. Uh, At least say that they're going Mm -hmm. to make changes. We'll, we'll see the next couple of years.
0: Wow, that's so incredible. I love that you did Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um that that's and I mean that that just shows that's pioneering work right there. Like these are the things you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um I okay. love that. That's not even just like bringing a seat to the table for yourself. That's also making sure that some other kids have some seats too. So that's really incredible. Yes. Um I hope what people hear um or what they get out of this when they listen to this is that um sometimes you need to go out there and do things like that. Like, and, and, and that doesn't mean like, I'm so glad that you guys didn't look at that situation and go maybe like, and feel small, like, Oh, maybe we shouldn't mm-hmm. be in this place. This isn't for us. You know, that you, you really went up there and you said, no, we're here. And we're going to make room for some other people. exactly
1: too. Yes. that's incredible. It definitely took a lot of courage um, for us because there were just so few of us, but we were also close knit and connected because there's a few of us that, we really just had to take the effort and, and, and take the um, initiative to really get that going.
0: That's so incredible. Um, so one thing I noticed about you, Bria, like the second I met you, is how friendly and positive you are. It's Aww. so contagious. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you honestly, you light up Thank a room. Thank you. Um, and so I wanted to ask, do you have any tips um, for all of us on finding peace, on staying positive during these times?
1: What's your secret? (laughs) I'd say personally for me, um, I am Mm -hmm. religious. So that's where I find my Mm -hmm. peace. That's how I find my center. But I'm also a huge advocate Mm -hmm. for mental health and wellness. So, really, I think it's just so important for people to be aware of their emotions and have that emotional intelligence of understanding where they are in the moment. Because I know that even Mm -hmm. within an hour, I can just have so many different mood swings. But really, just understanding where those emotions are coming from and finding ways to kind of mitigate those, those hills and valleys is really the way to go. I know for me, I really like to take some time out of the day to just schedule time for myself, even if I have a busy day, even mm-hmm. if I have a busy schedule, scheduling time for myself to do whatever I wanna do with that time, is just so important for me to maintain my mental well-being. hmm
0: I love that. Something I'm realizing recently is like you have to study yourself, mm-hmm. like find out what your hobbies are, find out what your triggers are with, you know, if you struggle with anxiety, find out um, what helps you calm down, what helps you sleep well, yeah. um, what foods make you feel the best when you eat them. Um, and that's not like something that's like, like a luxury time thing, like, oh, I wish I had the time. No, make that's the right. time. That's you're you're a priority to yourself, you know. Absolutely, um, your wellness is so important. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Bria, for being on the
1: podcast. Oh, of course, thank you for inviting me. You are a beautiful person. Keep doing this. You are amazing.
0: Thank you. Um, is there anywhere we can find you online? Sure,
1: I'm mostly available on LinkedIn. Uh, that's pretty much my only social media right now. Oh, I'm also on the um, episode app that we had talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, my author's name is B.E.H. It's just my initials. <laughs> but You can find me on there if you ever want to read my stories.
0: Oh, my gosh, I love that. All right. Thank you so much, Bria. I hope you have a wonderful rest. Thank of your day. you. Same to you,
1: Amber. <laughs> See you yeah. later.
0: thank you so much for listening to this is how i find my peace don't forget to follow this is how i find my peace on instagram and on pinterest also to my fellow latinas out there there is an organization called she se Puede that i am an ambassador for it's amazing please look it up it's such a positive community it was started by eva longoria and america ferreira um, and they are just about empowering latinas and voting please vote We need you. Your voice matters. Show up to the polls. Bring your friends. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.